Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues AHL affiliate Springfield Thunderbird are two wins away from the Calder Cup final. We'll be talking about that, talking about that team who's been playing well for them and could any of those guys uh, make the the big club next year, play for the Blues. I'm also going to be talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning and New York Rangers series being even at two games apiece. Uh, Talking about a couple Twitter questions I got from the mailbag uh, posted on the Locked On Blues Twitter account. And then I'm also going to be talking about a little tidbit um, from Oscar Sundqvist's interview on the Camus Trick podcast. There was some good stuff there. So busy episode. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman. As always, and got a good episode for you today. Like I said, lots to talk about. Uh, first things first, I'm going to be talking about the Springfield Thunderbird, um, Blues AHL affiliate. Like I said, uh, they're they're putting on a good run in the Calder Cup playoffs right now. They are two wins away from uh, stamping their ticket to the Calder Cup final. They're up 2-1 in their series right now, so I'll be talking about that. Before we get into that, though, I want to thank anyone and everyone out there for making Lockdown Blues your first listen because we are free and available on all podcast platforms. All right, so Springfield Thunderbird, they play tomorrow night uh, at 7 p.m. against Laval. They are up 2-1 in the series, uh, and it came in some pretty exciting fashion. In the last game, Will Bitten had himself four goals uh, to propel the Thunderbird to a 6-3 victory. And, you know, obviously the, the Blues being out of the playoffs is disappointing. It's a bummer, but... It's nice to know that the young guns, some of the you know the the more tenured Blues players that haven't had a chance to crack the big club, are are you know making a name for themselves in the Calder Cup playoffs, and it's fun to watch. It's obviously you know it's not the Stanley Cup playoffs, but you know it's still playoff hockey in in any sense of it. So um, that being said, you know it, it's it's nice to see that some of these guys, some of these players um, that maybe you know could potentially fight for a roster spot next year are performing well. Like I said, Will Bitten had himself four goals in their victory. He leads the club with seven goals and seven assists in nine games for 14 points. Uh, Mackenzie McEachern is third on the team with five goals and five assists in nine games for 10 points. One guy that really stands out for me um, that I think is going to potentially have himself a a big role with the St. Louis Blues at some point is Nikita Alexandrov. It is his first year in the AHL, um, and through nine games, he has two goals and six assists for eight points, which is good enough for fifth on the team. Um, he's been a really good player. He assisted, I believe, on a couple of, of Bitten's goals um, in that last one, uh, including what turned into the game winner. So, you know, it's good to see him performing well. I think he can have an impact. I think Will Bitten could have an impact as well as a depth guy. You know, he doesn't have the youth that a guy like Alexandrov has, but he's producing at a really, really high level in these playoffs. Um, and you know, it, it's always nice to have depth. I could see him sort of slotting in as a fourth line guy or like an extra forward, uh, sort of a Nathan Walker type deal. Uh, Clem Costin, bit of a disappointing performance, six points in nine games, but I did hear a rumor that he's going to the back to the KHL, uh, after this season. So he might not ever play with the blues. Uh, we can get into that in another episode. James Neal doing his thing, six points in eight games. Um, Mackenzie McEachern as well, like I said, 
10 points in nine games has been good. And I think he was the third star with three assists in their most recent win. So it's nice to see sort of the usual suspects um, playing as well as they are. Uh, I want to check out the goaltending stats because I think Joel Hoffer is having himself a pretty darn good postseason. Let's see. He's got a... Oh, my goodness. So through six games played for Joel Hofer in the Calder Cup playoffs, he had, he is, let's see, 6-0, and including one shutout, but he has a 1.63 goals allowed average and a 9.58 save percentage. Hofer has been unbelievable for the Springfield Thunderbirds um, in this run so far. He maybe has been their most valuable player. Um, you know, 6-0 with a ridiculous 958 save percentage is, is incredibly impressive. Um, and it's nice to see that, you know. It, it's nice to see Hofer um, performing well. I think, you know, even when he had his limited stint with the Blues, there definitely were flashes of potential. And the Blues aren't in desperate need of a goaltender, but there's no no issue with having a plethora of young goaltending. And the Blues uh, seem like they have a pretty pretty solid player in Joel Hofer. Um, that being said, though, you know, obviously they play tomorrow night at 7 p.m. I'm going to be tuning in. I think you guys should, too. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um watching them play and, and watching some of the more the, the forgotten about blues names um play well and you know at a big playoff stage uh that being said though that is all all the time i have for the first segment uh in this second upcoming segment i'm gonna be talking about the new york rangers and tampa bay lightning as their series is evened up at two games apiece and then after that um we're talking about some one of the twitter questions that i got and also the Oscar Sundquist interview where he told a pretty interesting story regarding his, his uh, the hit that he took from Tom Wilson. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But before I get into that, I want to tell you guys about Athletic Greens. Um, they have this great product. It's called AG1, and I use it all the time. It's just one little scoop you put into your water, and it promotes better gut health, more energy, optimize immune systems, all that sort of good stuff. And I'm not a college student anymore, but when I was, it was hard to... Uh, find time in the day to eat well, to have full meals. So AG1 was very, very helpful, just putting it in my water bottle uh, and taking it throughout the day. And plus, they support uh, a lot of good causes. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. In 2020, AG purchased carbon credits that support projects protecting old-growth rainforests. And for every purchase, uh, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S., so to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, so flashback to game three. The New York Rangers held a 2-0 lead with about 10 minutes to go in the second period. Uh, and then ever since then, it has been all Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa eventually obviously won that game. Uh, and then they won game four in pretty convincing fashion. Let me pull up the score here because I don't remember it off the top of my head. Um, yeah, 4-1 to one victory for the Lightning to even the series at two games apiece. Vasilevsky has looked unbeatable lately. Um, Kucherov obviously has been doing his thing, um, and it's just the de- the depth of Tampa is is just proving to be a little bit too much for the New York Rangers. I don't think the Rangers are, you know, screwed in this series. I don't think that they have no chance, um, but I definitely think that uh, the advantage is with the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. Um, you know, they were down 2-0 in the series, obviously. And you know, anytime your back's against the wall like that, you gotta you gotta come out and play really good hockey uh, for the next 
three games, you know, at the very least to get yourself back in the series, you know, because going down 3-2 to New York after being down 2 nothing would be a tall task. Um, going down 3-1, whatever. You know, if they, don't, if they don't come out and win both of those games, obviously especially the first one and go down 3-0, then there's a really good chance the Tampa Bay Lightning lose that series. But, you know, unfortunately for the New York Rangers, the Tampa Bay Lightning are a team that has won back-to-back Stanley Cups and has won, what is it now, like eight, 10 playoff series in a row? Something like that. My math might be off there. But, I mean, they're a team that's faced all sorts of deficits. They're a team that has consistently proven time and time again that no team in the NHL can hang with them over the course of a seven-game series. And right when it looked like all hope was lost for the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, they just stormed back and did what they did and, you know, almost effortlessly even the series up. You know, obviously effortlessly isn't the best word to describe it because, you know, you still have to work hard for 60 minutes. It's a hockey hockey is like that. You, You can't just take shifts off and come away with a victory. But it never really looked like the Lightning were uncomfortable at any point. Um... Even when they were down 2-0 in that uh, game three, I don't think at any time where I was like, oh, man, you know, the Lightning are done. They, they're, it's wraps for them. Yeah, I think game two, they definitely looked a little flustered. Game one, they looked very rusty. Um, but I don't think at any point um, I, I, I was doubting that the Tampa Bay Lightning still had a chance in the series. And I would assume that, you know, fan reaction is similar. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, you can never rule them out. And Sure enough, here they are tied up at two games apiece. Now, by the time that you guys are watching this episode, they might have already played um, game five, which is tonight at 8 p.m. I'm not sure when this episode is going to go up, but um, still, regardless, um, look, it's it's a do or die for the New York Rangers. I, I think if the Rangers lose tonight's game, and there's no chance they win the series. Um, it'd be very difficult to win two straight clinching games against the Tampa Bay Lightning, especially with Vasilevsky having his ridiculous, ridiculous stats and closeout games. I think he's got like six shutouts over his last seven closeout games or something like that. So, I mean, the Rangers have a very tall task ahead of them. Back is against the wall. Game five is always, you know, game five is the closest thing you can get to a game seven that isn't a game seven um, when it's tied up at two games apiece. You know, it turns into a best of three series. And that's exciting stuff, but you know, Rangers got to really feel like they missed an opportunity to, to take a chokehold of the series and, and, and go up three games to nothing when they were up 2-0. You know, not to say that they really choked the game away or anything like that, but um, it's looking uh, looking a lot more dire for the Rangers than it did uh, at that point. You know, obviously that being said, you know, all they got to do is win two games. They've already won two games in the series. They just need to do that again, uh, and they can find themselves in the Stanley Cup final against the Colorado Avalanche. But man, the Lightning are probably smelling blood in the water. Um, and they're looking forward to, to you know, putting their stamp on this season as well and, and moving on to the Stanley Cup final. I, 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 you know, my prediction is that the Lightning take care of it in six games. I don't know. I don't know if I can see New York winning another game. Um, but who knows? You know, I, I could be wrong. I was, I've been wrong before. Um, I would love to be wrong about this. I would love to see the Tampa Bay Lightning not in the Stanley Cup final this year because it's gotten a little bit boring. Um, you know, but that being said, it's going to take a big, big push from the New York Rangers. Uh, they're going to need their offense to step up. Um, you know, scoring one goal um, in, in that last game is, is got to be very frustrating. They only scored two in the game before. So um, their offense has definitely gone a little bit quiet. Uh, obviously, a big part of that is Andre Vasilevsky being probably the best hockey player on the planet. Um, maybe not, maybe besides Connor McDavid. Uh, but still, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's definitely a tall task for the New York Rangers. I don't think. I don't think it's too big for them. Like, I think the, the Lightning are going to win the series, but I don't think it's just going to be like kind of like, you know, wraps like it was in, in game four where the Lightning, you know, were pretty much dominating from puck drop to final whistle. 
Um, I think the Rangers are going to put up a pretty good fight. I wouldn't be surprised to see this series go seven. Um, but in order for it to go to seven, I think the New York Rangers need to win tonight. Um, and in order for them to do that, you know, they're going to have to play perfect hockey. That's what it takes to beat a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. But they have the formula. You know, they did it twice, um, and I think that they could do it again. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, that being said, though, I'm going to move into this third segment here a little bit early. Um, it's probably going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. But that being said, I am going to get to a Twitter question that I got, um, as well as talking about Oscar Sundquist. He gave a nice little podcast interview where he talked about the Tom Wilson hit. Um, so I'm going to be talking about that and more in this third and final segment. But first, I want to tell you guys about one of our longtime sponsors, and that is Built Bar. Now, don't you love a good chewy chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with a nice caramel swirled on top? So delicious. What if I told you that you can have all that chewy chocolatey delicious plus 17 grams of protein? You're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now, and you've got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. They might not be around forever. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with built caramel brownie bar in a heartbeat. The best part, as with all built products, caramel brownie bars are covered in 100% real delicious chocolate. There are a million reasons that you should try built bars, but for now, let's just say that caramel brownie will rock your world, and that's not an understatement. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. I'll be right back to wrap up today's episode. Alrighty, so one final segment. Doesn't mean there isn't a lot to talk about. Um, first things first, I did post a Twitter mailbag. Uh, didn't get a whole lot of replies, only got one. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Lockdown Blues. I'll probably be doing the mailbags and stuff more often just with the offseason coming around and not having a co-host to bounce my thoughts off of. It's a little bit more difficult to come up with, you know, 20 minutes of content to talk about. So, you know, I'd love to get some feedback on Twitter, some questions, your guys' thoughts on the Blues, YouTube comments as well. Um, you know, if you have any thoughts or whatever that you want me to talk about in a future episode, just, you know, hit me up on Twitter, YouTube, whatever. Uh, that being said, um, Jay on Twitter asks, how do the Blues go about improving their D next year? Does that answer come with within, come from within, or do they go the free agent slash trade route? So it's a very good question, and obviously the defense was the biggest um, liability for the St. Louis Blues this season. Uh, definitely below par, especially in terms of some of the Blues teams in the past that are kind of known for their suffocating defense. This year was a bit of a bit of a transition away from that, and that is solely just due to personnel. Obviously, injury didn't help. Uh, Tory Krug being out for you know, pretty much the entirety of the playoffs was was a big reason why the defense looked, you know, struggled as much as it did. Um, I still think the defense really turned it around from the struggles that they had early in the season. I think that they definitely improved off of that. But still, it is. I think it's pretty pretty obvious that they could use an upgrade. Uh, now, the issue obviously comes in is, is the fact that there aren't really any big fish defensemen uh, on the free agent market this year. So I, I don't think that, you know, the, the name that the Blues need is in free agency, especially considering the fact that they still have to bring back Huso, Perron, and Nick Letty if they want to. And I don't think they're going to have money to go out and get a big guy in free agency. Um, but that brings up the second point. And if they do want to have money to go after a guy in free agency, maybe that's going to come from a trade. Um, I don't know if the Blues are at a point where they're going to really shake up their decor. You know, a lot of people are calling for the trade of Colton Pareko and, I definitely think that Colton Perego has been very underwhelming, very disappointing lately. Um, you know, I think a lot of us expected him to turn into a true number one defenseman, and he hasn't really done that yet. He hasn't ascended to that point. And you know, if he were to ever get to that point, then you know that would be huge for the Blues' defense. Um, they still have Justin Falk, who is honestly probably a little bit closer to a number one defenseman. 
than Colton Pareko is, and Tori Krug is a great offensive defenseman as well, but they're definitely missing that guy. You know, ever since Petrangelo left, there's definitely been a big, big shoes to fill um, that no one really has been able to. And this year, they kind of tried to use the, the, you know, the group effort on defense and not really just have a true number one guy and have almost six guys that you can play equal amounts. Um, and that was okay at times. You know, when the injury bug caught up, it definitely exposed some of the Blues' weaknesses of defense. And if they want to go that route again, I could see them just going for more depth defensemen like, and, and you know, avoiding a guy like Kale Rosen having to play big-time playoff minutes, which is you know was one of the biggest struggles for the Blues in the postseason was when Rosen got exposed on defense because he wasn't really cut out for that role. Um, I don't know. I think it's definitely going to be telling once free agency starts to shape out what kind of contracts the Blues give to Perron and or Husso and or Nick Letty. Um, but in terms of whether that comes with, within, I wouldn't be surprised to see the defense look pretty similar to what it looks looked like this year, next season, just because they've got a lot of money and a lot of term to those guys. It's not like they have flexibility. It's not like they have any big defensemen coming off the books that they're going to try to replace. Um, it's it's a little scary. I mean, I hope Perunovic um, can you know really turn into a really good player and play consistent top four minutes for the Blues next year. I think that could be an X factor that would really save their defense. But other than that, just kind of kind of play the waiting game. Um, and see where that goes. So that being said, final thing I wanted to talk about, um, just a kind of funny little tidbit. You guys have probably already heard this. If you're listening to my podcast, you probably have listened to this on the Canvas Trick Pod. You probably saw it on Twitter. Uh, but Oscar Sundquist, uh, former St. Louis Blue, um, went on that podcast and talked about the Tom Wilson hit. Uh, and he had some interesting interesting things to say. Um, didn't really have too much criticism. And I guess I should go back. So for those of you that don't remember, um, a couple seasons ago, in the preseason, Tom Wilson delivered a blindside headshot to Oscar Sundqvist that beat up Sundqvist pretty bad. Uh, I don't remember how much time he ended up missing, but Tom Wilson was suspended 20 games, which is, I think, by far his longest suspension. It was a really, really notable suspension at the time, um, and a really, really dirty hit. Uh, and he talked about it and basically just said, like, yeah, you know, when the game moves that fast, you just look up, and all of a sudden there's a shoulder flying at you. Um, and I think he basically said the next thing he knew, he woke up, um, in the training room with all his gear off and there were doctors talking to him. So obviously that's something that's really, really scary. Um, and you, I mean, you could tell he was very dazed afterwards. The fact that he doesn't remember, you know, being up on the ice after the hit doesn't surprise me. Um, and said that, you know, another thing he said that Tom Wilson never reached out to him via text or anything, but he did apologize uh, the next time the Blues and the Caps played and Sunquist was in the lineup. So take that for what you will. Um, he said he's heard Tom Wilson's a really great guy. He didn't say himself that he thought Tom Wilson was a great guy off the ice, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't think there's really any drama or, or tea there, um, you know, but whatever. But the thing that was really interesting that I wanted to talk about, um, again, I'm sure you guys have heard this, so it might not be, might not be news to you, but he talked about how um, Minnesota Wild forward Marcus Foligno um, lined up next to Sonny on a faceoff in one of his earlier games back and said something like, yeah, that, that hit from Wilson was was garbage. I'm going to do something about it next time we play the Caps. And sure enough, the next time the Minnesota Wild played the, the Washington Capitals, Marcus Foligno dropped the gloves with Wilson and, you know, gave him a, gave him a run for his money in terms of fighting. So that's really awesome to see. Um, I feel like that's an aspect that's not talked about a lot. Is that, you know, even though these guys are competitors and they play against each other, they, they know, they talk, they stick up for one another. So to hear that Foligno, um, you know, went out of his way to let Sunquist know that he was sticking up for him, that he was going to be there for him. And then also, you know, obviously... Um, backed up his his promise with with fists and fought Tom Wilson that's just really great to see and that made me happy and it made me smile and it made me miss Oscar Sundquist I wish he was still a blue um 
obviously wasn't wasn't the same player after his uh, major injury, but it is what it is. So that being said, that is all the time I have for you guys today. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Blues. Leave a comment, hit the notification bell. That way, whenever we upload a new video, you'll be the first to know. Leave a like on the video. It helps a lot um, to get more people to see it. And the more people that see it, the you know the the, the more production I can put into it. You know the the more people will comment, the more people you know will ask questions, and it'll just provide to a better show. You know, the, the bigger the audience, the better the show. So definitely leave a like, leave a comment. Um, if you got some thoughts on anything that I've said today, or you want me to talk about next episode, uh, follow all of our socials at Locked On Blues on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, same thing with Twitter. You know, you got any thoughts, concerns, questions? Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Locked On Blues, or you can hit me up on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. That being said, though, thank you all so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.